Welcome to the Our Town Podcast, where we connect you to Sacramento. Our Town Podcast is brought to you by the Chris Kennedy team at Reliant Lending, your total mortgage solution. Whether you're looking to buy, sell, or refinance, let Chris and his team at Reliant Lending solve all your mortgage needs. Call today at 916-794-0777. Thank you so much for, for meeting me. Really appreciate it. And I, it's, it's a good, you know, I, it's funny. I've been coming up with a bunch of questions kind of to, to ask you about this because, you know, the, the way this market is and how insane things are. And I think it would be, it's great to get your perspective on things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, uh, I have no idea what you're going to ask, so I'm cool to start and just dive in. That's fine. So are you from Sacramento? No, no. I'm, uh, uh, well, last 20 years. And so it's really been the bulk of my home for, you know, my formative adult life. Um, from Southern California uh, originally, then my wife and I moved up here, you know, planted our lives here, had our kids here, and that's all they've known. And that's kind of, you know, the budding of our family is in Sacramento. Nice. What what area you uh, live in? Uh, Carmichael. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was just on with, uh, I did one with Tyner today uh, as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great guy. Yeah. I, oh, John, John is awesome. He's such a solid guy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty close to him. And uh, yeah, he's, he's down the street from me. So, awesome. <laughs> um, so we're practically neighbors, but yeah. yeah, really good dude. Nice. And then uh, how, how'd you end up uh, getting into uh, appraisals? By, by accident, you know, um, most people don't get into real estate on purpose, you know, someone and then you think, okay, maybe I can make more money that way. Um, you know, and that's kind of how it worked with me. I used to be a middle school teacher and I loved it. I, it was so much fun. Um, just right up my alley with the passion for teaching. But then I, um, you know, my wife was pregnant and thought, well, I can't do this on this salary. So what else is out there? And I asked some appraiser friends to train me and you know, that's, that's how it went. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and then that kind of goes over into how you've kind of blown up the teaching uh, of appraisal stuff to agents and things of that nature as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Hey, and I might sound silly, but are we recording right now for the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea if we were like on or just answering questions. So yeah, no, um, no. I'm I'm just uh, I'm just like shooting the shit with you, you know. Like that's that's all. It's it really is just kind of getting uh, uh, getting a little bit of information about you and a little bit of uh, information uh, about like what you do and uh, kind of answer some questions about like what's going on in the market today. Right on, man. I had no idea the format. So, um, <laughs> so your question was, um, what was your last question here? It's kind of how you kind of led in, it's kind of led you into, um, your teaching kind of led you into like what you do for real estate agents and, and stuff over at, uh, SAR and all that. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I think when I started appraising, I felt like this chapter of my life is done in terms of teaching and, and, um, or leading anything or standing out because I thought I'm going to be an appraiser and how can you like teach or do anything interesting as an appraiser and so um, but I don't know through the years it's like I started putting out information started a blog 12 years ago and it's just really snowballed um, I think in a good way since then where um, 
for me, it's been an example of, um, you know, you can take your gifts wherever you are and probably use them in, in whatever domain you're at. And so that it was, but it's frankly been surprising. I, you know, I, I say stuff like, I can't wait to share some new data. Then I thought, what, like what happened to me? I mean, when would I ever have, you know, wanted to share numbers? I didn't envision this at all. And yeah. so it, it's not like I'm this, I mean, people might think I'm this big nerd and, you know, maybe I am, but it's not like I take a walk with a friend, you know, every Saturday I get out to the river, we take a walk. We don't talk about real estate. You know, that's not like what I wake up and go, I can't wait to like talk about the market, even though I love that. Don't get me wrong. But um, anyway, maybe I I sound like I contradict myself, but it's just, it's so fascinating, but it's not my whole life either. Yeah, yeah. The it, it's funny, yeah, because you said, uh, "What am I going to do?" You know, I I, I could just kind of once you pick the appraiser road, you're like, "I'm not, I'm not really going to be teaching. I'm not going to be doing this." And that was kind of the first. You just kind of you're the best at it, you know. So it's kind of funny. Um, the uh, so with this this market that we're going through, and 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 one question I have for you. So you've been you've been appraising for a while. I just wanted to get your kind of your take on AMCs and what you feel, what is an AMC and what you feel that it is done or is it good or is it bad or, or what do you think about AMCs? Got it. So um, appraisal management companies are sort of that in-between party, in-between the lender and the appraiser. They're the ones that sort of manage the appraisal process. Um, and I mean, I think there's really some really bad examples of AMCs, unfortunately, um, who are low paying and who are not going to attract talent. It's sort of like those apps that you hear ads for about, you know, if you want a contractor, you know, go to this app and you think, okay, but who signed up at that app? Because I imagine the best contractors in the market might not want to be on that app because they have an existing clientele or self-respect or, you know, whatever it is. And and so I feel like the AMC model is sort of a race to the bottom in terms of appraisal fees. It's a real dumpster fire. Um, of communication at times too. And um, and I know there's horror stories from the AMC side about what it's like to work with appraisers. Um, I can't imagine you know, what that's like, but that doesn't mean that this system is is really helping. I feel like if, if anything, it's, um, it's maybe hurt the profession, um, but there, there's so many issues you know, with the appraisal profession, but the AMC system, um, I've frankly opted out. Um, I don't want to play that game. I, I don't do lender work anymore on purpose um, because of, I think, the way that it's set up. Okay. Okay. That's kind of funny. I was going to ask you, like, do you still do lender work? Because I, I do quite a, I, you've never come across my desk. So that was kind of what I was going to ask you next. So I take it. So who do you do loan or who do you do appraisals for now? So uh, all private appraisals for, um, you know, homeowners and attorneys and, you know, divorce and a lot of stuff for CPAs and, you know, people just need estate settlement stuff. I do a lot of consulting with real estate agents and, you know, just there's so many different things that you can do in the valuation space. But um, for me, I think about five or six years ago, I, you know, actually six years ago, we moved to a different house and then we and I put myself on hold on, you know, with my biggest lender client on vacation mode so that they would know not to send orders. And I never took myself off um, because I thought I'm starting to turn down work that I really want to do, you know, private appraisals. Um, 
and I don't want to turn that stuff down. And and yeah. so um, it's been it's been fun. But the problem for me is that with an AMC, if I can't engage a client and build a relationship with them, then I'm just up to the whims of whatever happens with the system. And, and so I want to invest myself in who can I work for? How can I build relationships? And that's really strategically why I've gone after other types of work, um, you know, because if this model changes, then I'm just sort of the byproduct of, of wherever the wind blows or however the wave unfolds, so to speak. Yeah. It, you know, it's kind of funny because um, I used to have like a great relationship with an appraiser, you know, uh, I, they, they're still in business, Metro appraisal out in Citrus Heights. And um, I, I wished and loved having that relationship because you can call them, get ideas. Uh, you could, um, you could say, hey, give them a call. Can I get this done right away? You could pay extra directly just to get it happening now where it's kind of it's it, it seems like I'm I'm playing roulette and you don't know who you're going to get there's no really communication or anything it just seems to like you said <laughs> dumpster fire <laughs> so yeah 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 it's sort of it's unfor I mean I understand the reason for this system I actually think it's there's something that's needed what was happening in 2005 wasn't working okay <laughs> to call up appraisers and say hey I'll send you the deal if you can hit the number like that's not ethical or good or anything you know but um, but unfortunately, yeah, if it strips away the relationship, um, it just doesn't seem like a good investment from a business standpoint. And, and that's, you know, that's harmful for, I think, everyone involved. And so, um, you know, but one of the issues, too, is that we were struggling with, you know, maybe not having enough appraisers and, you know, the regulation pendulum swung so far one way that, you know, it's been very difficult to enter the field. And so it's like now we're complaining going, well, where are the appraisers? But it's sort of like, you know, what's happened with new construction. We've had, you know, 10 years of not enough new construction, even more. And then, you know, we wake up one day and go, wow, we have a profound housing shortage. And, yeah. you know, I think something similar has happened in that regard. Yeah. I, I mean, even talking with uh, John Tyner today, he was saying that there's not only a housing shortage in like homes for people to buy, but a housing shortage of rentals and everything, you know? Uh, so yeah. now um, with, you know, like what we were just talking about with the shortage and all that kind of stuff and these, the values going up uh, the way they are, what is it that, um, you know, there's this trend of people offering over, bringing in cash, is that creating all new kind of comps for, for neighborhoods um, where it's allowing things to go up at a much faster rate? Well, I, I would say um, yes and no. Appraisers have to weigh each comp. And so if something sells $100,000 over list, it doesn't become this, here's the new comp for everything. The market might look at that and go, that's an outlier. Just the same thing when something sells too low, a seller can, you know, or a buyer can look at that and say, well, that's what I'm going to offer for the next house. But the market would say, too bad, the, you know, values are up here. And so I think we have to weigh every single comp. It's like you, you're doing an appraisal, but you're appraising all the comps too. And say, so just because something closed that high doesn't mean that we have to give it that much weight. And so 
you know, sometimes I'm looking at stuff and, you know, in my re report, then I'll email the agent and say, hey, can you tell me what went on here? Um, did the buyer pay above the appraisal also? And, you know, and tell me the story. And sometimes there's a compelling story and, I'm, and I think, okay, I'm going to give that less weight. Um, maybe they left money on the table or, gosh, that's a really solid representation of value. I know there's this crazy story, but I can't argue against that. That's the market. But if it closed too high, I mean, there's one I'm actually going to do a blog post on this next week, and it closed really, really high. I think there's a reason for that, but sometimes we call something an outlier. And so, but yeah, the market it, the market is really, really chaotic. It feels like an auction out there. Um, it's sort of like, you know, Dogecoin to the moon. I mean, it's just been this really, really chaotic experience. Um, and, and so I, it's, it's tough to, I think, value anything. I think it's tough on agents, it's tough on appraisers, anyone who's doing anything remotely with value because you have market value and you have auction value. Those two things aren't always the same. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, with, with that, uh, and then, you know, also you could have same neighborhoods, but, you know, one's close to the freeway and stuff like that, that, that completely separates the the value as well, correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, value changes, I mean, all the time. It could be a different school district, it could be a different design of homes, or, you know, there's a builder and these properties sell for a premium. I mean, th there's so many different reasons, or maybe one has a local park and one doesn't. I mean, you know, the market sniffs those things out. Um, but yeah, I mean, the list goes forever. But yeah, crossing a freeway generally, there's probably a change in the market. Um, not always, you know, sometimes it's north and south of freeway, but you know, it's kind of like, you don't want to, when you're in Tahoe Park, if you're choosing comps from East Sac, north of the freeway, that's going to be a big deal. <laughs> it's you know? a big deal, yeah, exactly. It's not, yeah, it's night, it's night and day, not to say that one area is better than the other, but they're different in terms of price, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then with, uh, you know, I know you're not part of the AMC world and stuff like that anymore, but I've been seeing kind of this trend where um, agents will, uh, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll order an appraisal in the AMC and um, appraisers just won't pick it up because it's an odd property. Why, why would that be? Why would uh, uh, like a three unit in Midtown not be, get picked up for you know three weeks by an appraiser? Well, some of it has to do with the AMC that's ordering it. And so there's one AMC that they send out blast orders. I've never, ever done business with them. I've asked them multiple times, can you please remove me from your list? They don't listen. And they send out probably five to seven emails that go to my spam filter every day. That's not something that I would ever want to click on. And there's not a huge value proposition there. I would suspect there's two issues going on. Number one, what is the fee? What is the appraiser actually getting? Okay, that's the question to ask. Because if there's this complex property, a triplex, there aren't that many triplexes, it's going to be more time consuming, but it's priced like a single family home. You know, which one are you going to choose? You know, this is a really simple apple to appraise. And then here's this complex, you know, Brazilian exotic fruit. And you just yeah. think, wow, that's going to take a long time. And so I think when in any market, um, even we're seeing, uh, we, you even see it in the contractor space, you know, where, you know, the a market goes towards where can you make the most money? You know, yeah. and, you know, so a lot of little jobs, it's actually hard to find people for. And, and so 
I think at that point, it becomes a money issue. It becomes a fee issue. And there has to, there's resistance to the fee or to the AMC. And you have to find what is that amount that's going to make people, you know, come and get it, so to speak. And, yeah. you know, and, and so I think part it part of it, it just accentuates the, the dysfunctional nature of the AMC model already. But, you know, it's just fee markets change all the time. And appraisers are absolutely inundated with volume, though refi volume, purchase volume, even private work. There, there's so much movement in the market right now. And so, you know, it, it's not your, you know, seven day turnaround. It, it's, it's just not, you know, my voicemail says right now, I'm not accepting new orders for two weeks. Okay. <laughs> I've had that on my voicemail for about three weeks or, or more because I've just needed to say like, guys, I am in a deadline hole. I need to catch up because I'm losing sleep. I'm, I'm don't have enough hours in the day. And I know everyone says, Hey, that's a, that's a nice problem to have. Yes, it is. But, but it, there's also struggle, you know, when you're really busy. So I, I want to keep, you know, stay mentally sane here. So. Uh, so question with the, um, the way uh, Fannie Mae and, and Freddie have kind of come out with this whole appraisal waiver um, thing. Has that affected the appraisal business at all? Well, I think volume has been so out of control. I think um, when you look at waiver stats, say back in January, about half of all loans um, had a waiver for Freddie and Fannie. Now, only about 10 or 12% of purchases, okay? And so most of the loans were the refis, okay? That's, there's huge volume there. And so I would say that um, even with all those appraisal waivers, appraisers are just inundated. So I'd say right now, um, if an appraiser's not busy, maybe they're in a market where there's little movement, but I think most appraisers are just absolutely slammed. And so um, I'd say if anything though, from a volume standpoint, it, it's, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of the waivers, but for the market's sake, um, it, it's probably been helpful to alleviate some on appraisers. Um, so turn times wouldn't be, you know, multiple months. Yeah. So my, my take, uh, some colleagues might not like that, but I think that there is a place for a waiver. Um, my family did a refi last year um, We for just a rate change. And I was really glad that there was, um, you know, we, we got a waiver. We, it, we didn't need that because we had enough equity and we checked all the boxes. Something like that makes sense in those situations. You know, a buyer offering $100,000 over all the reasonable comps, you know, there's a waiver and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like what kind of risk are we going to endure? That's maybe not the greatest candidate in the world or it's a really funky property. I mean, you know, we might not, we might want to have an appraiser out there for good, for good reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, question, uh, this one thing I've always wondered, are, when, when you go out to an appraisal property and again, you're not doing this a lot for, uh, for AMC, so you wouldn't deal with it too much, but, uh, if you're looking at a purchase, um, at versus a refinance appraisal, are you looking at those in different kind of with different eyes, meaning, you know, this person just really wants no, no. to you? Okay. No, I think there's a myth out there because I get this question a lot and I know a lot about lender work. Believe me, I'm entrenched in this world, even yeah. though I'm not, you know, playing in that sandbox every day. But um, it, there's no difference between a refi and purchase appraisal. Um, I, I think the notion is, is that refi appraisals are more conservative. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, the, the one difference, there's no difference in methodology, but the one difference for a purchase is that you have more data. 
because I can actually see it's not just this theoretically, here's what it looks like it's worth, but the property has been on the market. There's been 23 offers when it was listed at 500,000. Like there's a little bit more that I have to work with. Um, I'm still choosing comps, but I'm like, oh, look, there's some more data. So I have a little bit more context just to understand, well, how might this property fit into the market? And so, um, but otherwise, yeah, there, there's, I, I hear that all the time. I, I'd say, no guys, that, that's, it's not true. Um, maybe it feels like it's true though. That, you know, it's funny. I've always thought that. <laughs> so I'm kind of, yeah, yeah, know, no, totally. That, Everyone does. <laughs> I've always thought that. I'm like, Everyone I, does, Chris. He just didn't like that. He just didn't like it because it's a, you know, a refinement. So <laughs> thanks for yeah. that to rest. Um, and then, uh, so uh, were you, um, now, now, now that you do just stuff like that, you work with a lot of like, who is it? Who's your ideal client that you like to work with or referral partner? I mean, I, yeah, I just like to work with cool people. First of all, um, you know, that's my, that's my main thing. Someone that's low maintenance, someone that has a need, um, you know, I mean, anyone, I, I love working with um, attorneys. I love working anything I can do with real estate agents is just golden. Um, it, it's, it's a huge joy. I know it sounds cheesy, but I mean, I, I love the phone calls where I just get to answer questions and the emails and, you know, just, Hey, can you help me here with this? Sure thing. And, and that's, that's great. But, um, it's like, I don't have just one client that I want. Um, you know, I love when there's a property that's going to be condemned and they need an eminent domain appraisal. That's, uh, that's a cool appraisal to do, or someone has something that's, you know, overlooks the river that I'm going to get to go uh, appraise. And so sometimes it's just, it's about the client, but it's also about the job where like, wow, that looks like a really interesting or neat exotic, you know, property. Um, hopefully nothing, you know, nothing too crazy, like purple Oompa Loompa house or something, yeah. you know, I just, but, but sometimes it's about just, you know, what, what house is there? Because that's, that's a fascinating part. You know, what is this triangle worth in the midst of a bunch of circles? Um, that's, that's the fascinating stuff to me. So uh, you said you you mentioned the eminent domain thing. So do you work with Sac County? Do you work with the city and stuff like that, like local government type stuff? Um, so not really. I'm not. It's not usually the local government that reaches out, but it's usually um, the the resident of the property. And, and so like some properties are being taken by. Um, the Sacramento area, Sacramento area Flood Control Association, whatever the SAFCA, and they took properties along Garden Highway. So this last year, I got to do an appraisal for that. Now, when they take the whole property, I don't mind appraising that. I don't, sometimes I get calls for, "Hey, um, we're taking three inches of of this, you know, from the street," and you know, I'll punt that to someone else. Um, I, I don't have a lot of training with that type of appraisal right now, but um, but yeah, usually it's the owner. Um, who reaches out. Um, I'm always open to someone else, but that's just kind of how it's played out so far. Yeah. When you were doing a lot of, so uh, I, you know, work with a lot of real estate agents and uh, agents will say, well, hey, make sure that I know when uh, an appraiser's at the house. I want to bring them comps. I want to bring them all this. Do, do appraisers typically look at any of that? Do they, are, are the, are the agents just kind of spinning their wheels um, at that point in time? Like, what are your thoughts on that? So I highly recommend for agents to tell the story of the property. Okay. Um, 
I think it's much better to be proactive about sharing about the property and the number of offers and the upgrades and, you know, the feedback you got for the property, um, you know, why the seller selected, you know, a certain offer. And, and, and I think organizing that information on a one-page sheet, I actually have an information sheet that I recommend using for that. Right. So to be proactive and upfront about that without any pressure or weirdness to be like, hey, I need you to hit the number, you know, um, that's, that's unethical. We don't want that, you know. Yeah, but yeah. In, that that as opposed to being reactive, you know, like, hey, I'm just going to let the appraiser do his or her job and I'm not going to communicate anything unless if the value comes in, you know, low and it's say it's imagine it, imagine it's legitimately low. OK, some stuff, some, excuse me, some stuff should come in low, but it's legitimately low. Then the agent shares all that information that could have been shared up front, you know, after the appraisal has been done. And I'd say. You know, there's probably a fat chance of the appraiser changing his or her mind, you know, um, and so I, I think that I would just recommend share that up front. Um, there's no silver bullet. There's no guarantee. Um, I always appreciate um, and, and I would ask in a situation if I was doing something for a loan, like I would say, you're welcome to share any data you use to price the property, um, because it, especially for me, not that I you know need the data, but I want to see the agent's perspective. But also, I want to beat someone to the punch and, and sort of, you know, maybe write my report, you know, in anticipation of a rebuttal that might come. You know, I don't want to be sent, you know, seven properties and, um, and I, I want to maybe consider those already for the report or at least write my report in a way and say, this is why I didn't choose this one. Um, I, I, so I don't know. I'd just be more, more proactive. Um, but here's the thing, not every appraiser has to look at it like I do. Um, there's um, diversity. We certainly um, don't have to think about it the same way. I find some appraisers will sort of give the Heisman and be like, nope, I'm, you know, don't, don't, you know, get those comps away from me. And yeah. um, I tend to take an opposite stance where I view that as data. Um, now, if someone was hounding me um, and being inappropriate, I would have no problem saying, hey, look, like I, I need you to back off, um, you know, please, I, what you're doing is inappropriate. I, I have no problem communicating like that. Um, that's not usually an issue because I have really cool clients. Okay. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, be, be proactive, not reactive, um, and, but share information that appraisers um, actually want. Okay. And that's exactly, that's why I created that information sheet because I want agents to beat me to the punch and ask these questions that I tend to ask rather than, you know, providing a bunch of stuff to, to the appraiser that's going to go straight to the recycle bin. You know, because you think I can't use this for my report. This doesn't help me understand the property more. It doesn't help me understand the market or the type of feedback you got like you know how does this property fit into the market anything you can do to help the appraiser understand that that is golden you have data and share that type of data and perspective that that's my advice I, that is that is absolutely huge like i would say that's that's like one of the best explanations i i've 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 always i mean personally i've i've kind of thought well, they have that information. They they they're gonna know that. But now that you say that, it kind of makes a ton of sense. And and going back and arguing the, but not arguing, but like kind of trying to present data afterwards. I have yet to ever get a, a an appraisal changed ever ever never. Um, matter of fact, yeah. I have one agent that she <laughs> she. She talked to him, and he actually lowered the he lowered the price even lower than what he he already had it at. So, 
Uh, yeah. Oh shoot! <laughs> Don't mess with me. <laughs> oh, exactly. So, oh well. Uh, anyway, but I I know you are uh, super busy with appraisals and all that kind of stuff. Um, but if there are attorneys and and uh, people that do need your help, where do they like contact you? Oh yeah, sure. I'm uh, I'm all around social media. I'm not hard to find, but Sacramento Appraisal Blog, that's sort of my main hub. Um, I have one weekly post to talk shop there about the market or something interesting. Um, so, but yeah, otherwise, yeah, I'm on all, I'm all the platforms. They can just Google me and I'll come up. So. Okay. And that's Ryan Lundquist that they can Google you. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I just want to thank you again so much for uh, meeting with me. I truly appreciate it and love to get this out. And that last bit of information that you gave for um, agents was was absolutely golden. Yeah, hey, it's uh, it's my pleasure. And yeah, anytime if you guys need something or if your agent you know contacts need something, I mean, I'm you know happy to, happy to help in any way. Thanks for tuning in to the Our Town Podcast, where we connect you to the people that make Sacramento one of the top places to live in the country. If you would like to feature your business on the Our Town Podcast, email admin at thechriskennedyteam.com. Our Town is brought to you by the Chris Kennedy Team at Reliant Lending, your total mortgage solution. Chris can be reached at 916-794-0777. Again, that's 916 Seven nine four zero seven seven seven.